Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you again. I've been waiting on you, uh, waiting for this day, actually, waiting to come together again and uh, be a part of a wonderful church family. And want to let you know that we love you and we miss you. And uh, again, once again, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today in my message. Um, I believe that God is going to be bringing us back here real, real soon. So we got some good news coming your way. I promise you that. But in the meantime, this morning, we're going to have communion together in just a moment. And I've asked the Kennedy family to lead us in that today and looking forward to that time in communion together. Um, the song that I'm going to play before the communion is a beautiful song. It's actually entitled Hallelujah for the Cross. And I want you to listen to the words because truly at the cross, at the cross is where the action took place. Just imagine Jesus on the cross dying for you and for me. Hallelujah for the cross. For without it, we'd all be lost. But because of it, God offers you and me salvation. What a wonderful deal. God loves us. So enjoy, and I'll be back in a few moments with another message. Until then, God bless.
morning. We're the Kennedy family, and we're here to lead you in communion this morning. But before we do that, we just want to share with you just a little bit of the things that we miss about not being with you. For me, it's the singing. Reagan, what do you miss? I really miss um, helping in sunshine and seeing all the little kids helping Miss Shirley. Um, I also miss the little kids, but I also miss the kids my age and the youth group and then spending time with them. I miss the welcome. I love getting up and talking to people and just that, that time that we get to talk. I miss that. I miss all of you. Well, I miss the freedom of being able to go and come as I wish. You know, we miss each and every one of you, and we miss our community, we miss our family. But one thing we don't have to miss is our opportunity to commune with God. And that's what we're here to do this morning, is commune with God, to really focus and be intent about our relationship with Him and His relationship with us. So this morning, my dad's going to lead us, lead us in a devotional, and then we'll have a prayer over the bread and the wine. As we uh, partake of the communion that reminds us of Christ's sacrifice to man, uh, he, he introduced the, the uh, communion uh, and, uh, with his apostles at the end of his last Passover feast, and, uh, which he was about to be crucified. Uh, Christ brought us a better covenant, a new covenant, and he fulfilled the prophecies of the old covenant. Uh, he used these symbols that uh, were in the Passover. One was a bread, the unleavened bread, and that represented his body. And the, the, the cup was, was uh, representative of his blood, the fruit of the vine. And uh, we remember Christ when we take of the communion. <coughs> communion. Uh, I'm going to read from 1 John, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to read a couple of verses and then skip down to the eighth verse. Uh, the fourth verse says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And then the eighth verse through twelve, For there are three that bear witness, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God is this, that he was born, he was has borne witness concerning his son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the witness of himself. The one, one who does not believe in God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his son. And the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He does not have the Son of God, does not have the life. So we can see that, uh, that we must have a Christian faith. Our faith is the fundamental thing. And of course, Hebrews 11, 6 tells us that we must believe that God is and he rewards us. But we must have faith and believe in him. We must also have faith to believe that Christ was his son that was to come in the flesh. And he came among men and he died and he established the new covenant. And uh, so, so the final reward 
for all of us will be eternal life. And this only comes through Christ. We receive eternal life. Thank you, Dad. This time we want to pray over the bread. Will you join me, please? Dear Father, we just come to you now at this time. And we thank you that we have this time to come with you, to come to you, and to commune with you. And that we know that the gift that we have, that sacrifice, that this bread that represents the body is eternal life. We thank you for your son. We thank you for that promise and that sacrifice. In his name we pray. Amen. Will you join me as we pray over the, the cup? Dear Father, we come to you now at this time. We praise your name. Once again, we thank you for all the things that you've given us. Most of all, we thank you for that gift of eternal life that we talked about. May we always remember that and keep that in our minds. We pray the saints in your son's holy name. miss you guys. We look forward to seeing you soon.
I'm sorry. I was just waiting on you. <laughs> I was waiting on somebody to turn the camera on. Thank you very much. It's good to see you today. I can't see you actually, but you know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? Waiting. What's the trouble with waiting? Are you waiting on me to say the next thing? Waiting. Well, let's just wait a minute and find out. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Waiting. How are you with waiting? Many would say the problem with waiting is this, that I'm in a hurry and God isn't. In the midst of all of this that we're going through right now, this crisis, this pandemic, this, all of this that's going on, how are you doing with that? Well, I want to tell you some good news. The good news is it's not going to be long. And we're going to invite you to come back and we're going to keep our distance for a little while and uh, it's going to be a little different and uh, it won't be exactly the same. But I'll get to see your smiling face. And I can't wait. I want to tell you that. I want to tell you, I want you to be excited about what's coming, what's coming our way, what's are soon to be back in this auditorium together as a family. I want you to get excited about it. I want you to be like that eight-year-old that's been told they're going to Disneyland and they can't sleep, they can't rest, they're so excited and they're so just they're just wound up. And I want you to get that excited about being back together again and, and seeing the individuals here at church. I mean, while I stand even right here today and there's no one in here, it's just me and this little camera, and um, I know you're waiting for me to finish, but not quite yet, and I'm looking off to the north wing, if you will, and, and I see you sitting there. I know who sits over there, and I know who sits there, and I know who sits there, and I know who sits there, and I also know the ones that haven't been sitting there lately. I want you to know that I do miss you, and I do love you, and I'm excited about what God's going to do, but in the meantime, we have to wait. A little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Think about it. Here's a couple of scriptures as we start this morning in Psalms 33. The scripture says, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. We wait in hope for the Lord. And we do. Psalms 27 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. And that's what we're doing. We're saying, hurry up, Lord. <laughs> but he says, wait. In Psalms 37, verse number 7 he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. And that's what we're saying. Act now, God, act now. Wait just a little bit longer, he's saying. Lewis Smead says it best when he said it this way, waiting is our destiny, and it is, isn't it? As creatures, they cannot by themselves bring about what they hope for. We wait in the darkness for a flame we cannot light. We wait in fear for a happy ending that we cannot write. We wait for a not yet that feels like a not ever. And that's what these past six, seven weeks may have felt like to you. But wait, 
Is this the only one that's had to wait for something? Well, of course not. Let's take a look back. If you go back to the beginning, if you will, even Adam had to wait for the Lord to create. Whoa, man, woman, Eve. Yeah. Noah had to wait 120 years for the first raindrop to fall from the sky. He didn't know the day before it was going to rain. He just had to wait on the timing of the Lord. Abraham and Sarah, this is for some of you pregnant ladies out there. Abraham and Sarah had to wait until they were in their 90s before they had the first child. God said, wait. Jonah had to wait three days in the belly of the big fish. You remember that. He didn't know that day was going to be spit up. He didn't know if he was going to die in that belly. He just knew that he had to wait because that's all he could do. I always wondered what Noah, or excuse me, what Jonah did down there in that belly of that big fish. You ever think about that? Wait a minute. No, let's go on. The Israelites, you think you have to wait six, seven, eight weeks, ten weeks, eleven weeks, twelve weeks? It's a long time. How about four hundred years the Israelites waited to get out of captivity? Yeah. In the New Testament, you know the story, and we talked about it, I think, a few weeks ago. We hit on it anyway, about the woman that had the bleeding issue. For 12 years, she had to wait to get her miracle. The paralyzed man, he had to wait for his friends to come and pick him up and carry him up the steps and open the roof and drop him down in the middle of a church service, if you will. He had to wait. A three-day waiting period for Jesus to come out of the grave. The disciples had to wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Spirit to descend upon them. And yes, we wait. Could you imagine being a 12-year-old in the midst of this crisis, waiting to be 13? Can you imagine now a 15-year-old waiting in the midst of this to be 16 to get their driver's license? We wait to graduate. And boy, I say something about that, man. Our graduates, our seniors here, I feel for you. I feel all across the country missing their graduations. Wow. Listen, you're going to have a wonderful story, a funny story, a great story to tell in 20 years, but it's not so funny now, is it? Two things we want you to know for sure. That we're proud of you. God's going to get you through this. We're proud of you. And we love you. But you have to wait. We do. You have to wait to get married. You have to wait to have children. You have to wait for children to move out. <laughs> you have to wait. You have to wait for the right job. You have to wait for the vacation. I mean, I can't wait to go to Hawaii. How about you? <laughs> I'm not going this year. Vacation. We wait for it. We wait for school to be out. In this case, we wait for school to be back in. We wait for retirement. We wait for even a thing called death. And yet we wait. We wait for this virus to go away. And we pray that it's soon. Waiting is the hardest work of our hope, someone said. Because we just don't know how long we have to wait. Yet the Bible over and over again says, wait. How many times have I said wait already this morning? You're like, wow, is that guy repeating himself? <laughs> Here's another one for you. Psalms 37, be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. Must be important. Question, why does God make us wait? I don't know. That's not a very good answer, is it? It's not an answer at all. Why does God make us wait? Well, I'm not sure of all the answers to that. 
But maybe he makes us wait because if we got what we wanted when we got it, we really wouldn't want it. Remember Garth Brooks and thank God for unanswered prayers? <laughs> Remember that one, don't you? Yeah. So maybe we're waiting for a reason. There has to be, according to God. Then Patterson wrote it this way. He said, what God does in us while we wait is just as important as what it is we're waiting for. So in the midst of our wait time, God is still at work. God is still moving. God is still working in us if we allow Him to do so. God isn't up there and thinking, oh, I gotta, how are we going to work this out, Jesus? Uh, son, what do you think? Are we going to do it this way? Going to do it? God doesn't work like that at all. Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be, apparently. We want instant. That's the way we're programmed. We want instant. You get an earache, I guarantee you, you want instant relief. You get a toothache, you want instant relief. I saw online just the other day, there was a man that tried to get into the dentist and couldn't go. And uh, they kept telling him he couldn't. He had an abscessed tooth. It was terrible. I've been there. And that's just, I don't know that that pain is just horrible. And so he literally pulled a molar just like this. Is, ugh, and I'm thinking, wow, that was something. All because he had to wait in the midst of all of that. Waiting. We say we can't wait. But yet that's all we can do sometimes is we just wait. But waiting on the Lord is a continual daily, daily decision on your part and my part to just simply say, Lord, I'm trusting you in the midst of this time. Right now, right here, I have to trust you today. I can't move it faster. I can't bring it along any quicker, but I have to just trust you. I'm trusting and obeying you, Lord. In our journey right now, we are called to wait, but that does not give us permission to do nothing while we wait. And James simply said, faith without works is dead, and it is. Waiting on the Lord requires patient trust. That's easy for me to say, patient trust, but it does. Will I trust that God, what God has for me, and has a good reason for me to wait during this time? For instance, if God says, or you ask God for something, and an instant comes about, He instantly delivers for you. You're asking, you're praying about something, and it instantly comes about. Is that a good thing from God? Well, of course it is. Well, then is it not good if God says, wait when you ask for something? See, it's a little different, isn't it? He has a reason, and I don't, may not know what they are, but I have to trust Him in it. So please understand that God looks at things from the eternal side. We can't. God sees all things eternally. We see everything in time, time frame. Babies, teenagers, young adults, adults, old people, gone. God sees eternally. Our perspective is something to come eternal. God's is here, now, everything before Him. So how long must we wait? Well, I want to tell you today that God's waiting on you. And maybe perhaps we're waiting because you haven't accepted what God has offered you. So why don't you accept it? Let me explain. 2 Peter chapter 3, the scripture says, But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. 
He goes on to say, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now, I can't understand that one day, a thousand years, a thousand days, one year. I can't, I can't figure all that out. I'm soon be 63 years old, and if that's the case, how the time is just mind-boggling, isn't it? But I can understand a few things in that scripture. I can understand that God has a promise. I can understand that God has a plan. I can understand that God is not slow, even though I think He is. I can understand that He is patient with me. Why? Because He doesn't want me to be lost. He doesn't want me to be lost. And His promises, if I repent, I can be found or forgiven or saved. Now, what kind of deal is that? The deal you need to accept today. Don't wait any longer. Accept it. Often you see what we want. We want God's resources, but we don't want the timing that comes with it. You want to make the money of a doctor, but you don't want to go to school for eight years longer. You want to be a certified plumber and be able to do all the things that they do, but you don't want to go to Votech to learn that trade. You see, the list goes on. However, his timing is just as important as his resources. They have to be or he wouldn't make us wait. To wait for something is to recognize that I am not in control. The doctor says, wait for the report, and so you wait. I will tell you, that's a scary time, isn't it? You go, you do the test. When am I going to get the report back, Doc? The doc says, well, I don't know, about a week to ten days. Hmm. But you wait. You're not in control. Now, two things can happen within the wait time of something going on in your life. Whatever it might be, it may be the doctor's report or maybe this crisis thing. While you wait, two things can happen, and i tell you what they are. One is a testing from God or a temptation from Satan. A testing from God is that God, see, God tests us because He loves us. So we learn about, we learn from God, we study His Word, we learn from God, and then He tests us. Why? So that we can move to the next level in our spiritual walk with Him. Just like any good school teacher, they train you in something, they test you in it. If you pass, you move to the next level. If not, we get some more work done. God wants us to move forward. Now watch what Satan does. He steps in and does just the opposite. He comes in and he tempts us. He says, I'll show you a way around this. If you do this, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get instant gratification. You're going to get instant. This is going to be wonderful. This is going to be... And before you know it, you fall to the temptation. But you realize when you think you're going to receive more, you've actually received the less. And you fall into sin. And sin, when it's full-blown, Scripture says, leads to a thing called death. In the wait time, it gives you time, however, to evaluate yourself. So anytime you're waiting, if you evaluate your life, you might discover something in you that needs to be changed. Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's your language. Maybe it's your eyes. Or maybe it's your... And you know what it is, don't you? Yeah. And in that process, it allows you time to be able to get right with God. He's patient with you. He's waiting for you. 
And if you don't figure that out while you're waiting, you're going to jump to a conclusion. And when you do, you're going to move in your own strength. And when you move in your own strength, you're headed for more trouble. God wants to help you today. You see, wait simply means time. And I don't hold the stopwatch. But let me assure you of something this morning. That there is something that God says that you don't have to wait for. The two most important things in your life. It's not breath and it's not the end of this pandemic. It's salvation and forgiveness. And this is how good our God is. He offers both of the two things that you need most in your life instantly. You can have them right now. He said you don't have to wait. That's how good our God is. He wants to offer you salvation today, right now. You don't have to fill out a report. You don't have to send it in. You don't have to wait for a phone call. You don't have to go on the computer and fill out all these forms. No, God's saying, if you'll call upon me, I will save you. That's a good deal. Take him up on it. Don't wait. Let me give you a couple of scriptures to back that up this morning. I like Isaiah 55. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You see someone out there is listening to this and you're kind of squirming even in your seat at home, relaxed in your easy chair. You know you want to do that, but you haven't done it yet. You haven't surrendered your life to the Lord, but something's stirring within you and you know you need to and you know you want to, but you haven't done it yet. Why not? The scripture says there, seek the Lord while he may be found. What does that mean? You remember last week, I think I mentioned and God doesn't play hide and seek. He doesn't hide from you. No. But I want to let you know today that you can't hide from God either. But there is a time in your life, there will come a time when you cannot find Him. You know when that is? You see, in our life, while we wait and we live our lives, we wait. It's called tick-tock, 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 tick. And somewhere between tick and tock, it's done. And then you can't find God. So while there's still a tick and a talk in your life, even though you're waiting, surrender your life to Him and find salvation through Jesus Christ. I pray that you do, my friend. Here's one more verse in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, probably the biggest word in our dictionary, isn't it? If. Wow. If. If we would just confess our sins, what's God going to do? Oh, I'm afraid God's going to beat me up. I'm afraid God's going to just find out all the stuff about me. Remember, God knows everything about you. And I'm just afraid that He might send me to a place called hell. No, that's what He's trying to save you from. Notice what His promise is to you. If, you confess, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Oh, what a mighty God we have. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to save you. He wants to purify you. He wants to set you right with Him. And you don't have to wait. So don't wait. So may we never forget that God has been with us through this wait time. There is no doubt. He has not left us. He is faithful. And remember, 
He's worth the wait. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we praise You. We praise You for being our Father. We embrace Your presence into our hearts this day. We long, we long for the day when we see You face to face. But while we wait, may each of us allow your spirit, to search our spirits and prompt us to confess our sins, knowing that you are a faithful and loving God, a true God that will forgive us and restore us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your patience with me, Father. Thank you. As you shape me and mold me into your likeness. Father, please guide us. Guide us through these troubled times. And may we never, ever forget that while we wait, morning is on its way. Morning is about to dawn, for morning is on its way. What a glorious day that will be. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friend. Hope to see you soon but wait just a little bit longer. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Through our troubles till we